Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Foley's a noisy boy. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. The date is the 23rd of September 1999. Eyes Wide Shut is still number one in the UK box office. Eiffel 65, I'm blue. Is in the chart at number one. I bought 10 copies of that on CD. Why 10? Because I wanted to get it to number one, and I thought oh, that's how charts worked. Oh, you were one of them. I certainly was, my friend. I've never done that with anything. I did that with two songs. I did that with I Over 65, Blue, and Uncle Cracker, Follow Me. Oh. <laughs> Not even ashamed. My mum heard Uncle Cracker on top of the pops and was like, Follow me and everything is all right. So, oh, that's nice, relaxing music. When bought the album. Oh, you don't buy the album. I don't know if anyone oh. knows, but Uncle Cracker was known, if anything, for being Kid Rock's DJ. So the rest of it's like gangster rap. Like, yo, bitches, kill you. And my mum was like, do you want this album? <laughs> no Stranger to the Shame was the album, if I remember correctly. Was it No Str- Oh, Double Wide. My apologies. No Stranger to Shame was the follow-on album. Double Wide was the yeah. first album. I know. Double Wide. Um, it went uh, Double Wide, No Stranger to Shame. And then 72 and Sunny. Well done. Thank you very and much. And she nearly made the exact same mistake with OPM. <gasps> Heaven is a half pipe because the radio edit is night. If I die... Then someone said no. She learned her lesson, so well done, ma'am. And, well done to ma'am. And if she wasn't frustrated enough, Resident Evil 3 was the big release, just come out. It's a bit of a weird one, that. It's got a lot of fans, but I much prefer Resi 2. That's the one with the big monster chasing you. That's right. Nemesis chases. It goes stars, mm. like he's waiting for Dave Meltzer's <laughs> review. And, uh, Out in people. your multitude, or singing Les Mis. Oh, that works, yeah. Fugitive running. <laughs> in, in the gutter looking for the stars. <laughs> but on UPN, there was a little show. You may have heard of it. You may not have. Don't worry. Called Smackdown. That was just reached its fifth episode. What happened with it? Is it still on TV? What is a Smackdown anyway? <laughs> All these questions and more can only be answered by myself, Matthew, and Mr. Tom Campbell, the man whose, if his voice was a meal, it would be gravy. Oh, you cheeky devil. Welcome to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown podcast, Matthew. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> it's nice to be here. One honour and a privilege. Uh, you, you all right? I'm mint. Nice. I'm, mint. I'm awake and like last... 
time we, were we did both, this. To be honest with you, we were both quite sleepy last Monday. Yeah. We did, although I still think we made a 10-star effort. But uh, we were very sleepy last Monday. I'm far... Considering that... I started work this morning at quarter to five. I'm actually quite really, busy. yeah, Jesus. busy day. But uh, you know, what with Alicia Fox being binned off on, on the day you, on the day of recording, too soon. Tom. I know, too but by, soon. by the time this goes out, hopefully the dust will have settled, or it would have proved to be hokum. I'll let you decide. Remember <laughs> <laughs> where you were. It's a weird one. This one. Not only I've got Michael Cole and Michael Hayes. <gasps> On commentary, but also I'm gonna steal a, uh, steal a Tracy Smothers line for this one. Do you know Chris Candido? No gimmicks needed. Yes. Yes. Well, this is SmackDown number five. All gimmicks needed. <laughs> it was a very gimmick-heavy SmackDown, wasn't mm-hmm. it? From 1999. Do you want a little bit of a rundown of things that were happening in the wrestling world before? Oh, we please do. Have set a the... deep dive. Yes. Set the scene. Let's shut our eyes and pretend that we're we're there. Well, you've already done that beautifully with the with the pop culture references in the wrestling world. WWE are days away now, apparently, according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter, from signing ECW wrestler Peter Sinertia, better known to you and I as. Taz. Uh-huh. So we wouldn't see Taz on the screens until the end of January, January the 30th to be exact. But uh, it was at this point where early discussions were had about Vince McMahon's uh, keenness to bring in the, or oh, whatever they call him, Suplex King, or I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Taz was in, in talks this year, or at this point in the year, uh, to become a part of WWF. Uh, Undertaker had the weekend off coming up, <laughs> as you oh, know. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. As you know, uh, he still can't wrestle a whole lot due to a groin injury. Uh, we'll get into the the uh, w- the availability of the Undertaker in the show itself. But he was given the weekend off to attend the De La Hoya Trinidad match. Oh, so he was off all all like house shows. I mean, he was he hadn't been on house shows for a long time anyway because he's he's paggered. But he went to go watch boxing. Uh, Austin, I was gonna say at least in it wasn't wasted on a crap match. That was a very eventful one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Austin is uh, next week filming his very first episode of Nash Bridges. That's right, gone. Uh, he's going to be in three. Uh, this is the first one, so I'm sure he'll take to the acting like a duck to water. Uh, and there is some insider discussion about uh, WCW's secondary show, Thunder, uh, being moved to Sundays because the ratings are so appalling. Yes. <laughs> Not being helped by the arrival of SmackDown on a Thursday night. Right. That really was a Dr. Kevorkian situation for Thunder. Uh, they would be moved to Wednesdays. I believe was the final thing. It wasn't moved to Sundays. And it would keep on changing depending on what was happening. Sundays would have made more sense. They could have treated it a bit like a like a Sunday Night Heat type thing. They could have done stuff to build to the show the following night. That would have been quite exciting. Yeah. But um, the other thing from this year is um, the UK scene is in a particularly funny place. Hmm. When it comes to the appreciation of American wrestling, I'm going to throw these figures at you. This blows my mind. Go on. Okay. Ratings from the UK, from Wrestling Observer. Keep in mind that Raw and Nitro are on satellite stations. They're on Sky. Mm-hmm. While WCW Worldwide is on the network. So for the, for the 10th of September, Monday Night Raw had 230,000 viewers. Mm-hmm. Nitro had 240,000 viewers. WCW Worldwide... Uh-huh. 820,000 viewers <laughs> at this point the most watched wrestling show in the country was a recap show of WCW mm. <laughs> and what, and how could you watch worldwide at that point 
Um, Bravo, I do believe. In 99? I believe it was on Bravo. Because it did get moved on to Channel 5, but that was in 2000, I'm sure. In 99, where can you see it? Oh, maybe Bravo came Oh, no, that. on TNT. So, um, no. No, Nitro and Thunder were on TNT. Yeah, was it not on after Cartoon that's Network? That's right, that's right. Cartoon Network, Network followed would... by an, another cartoon in, in the, the trials uh-huh. and tribulations of WCW. That, that, that was good, that. that was, write that down. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, also from this, uh, I wanted to just take a little snapshot of the British wrestling scene in this particular year. Oh, please do, please we, do. We were in a funny time in the UK scene because there was the rise of tribute shows. Oh. oh. You know, Rock Steadfast as The Rock... UK Undertaker, UK Kane, The Legend of Doom, which I do believe was Ricky Knight. I might be wrong. Ricky, if you're listening, uh, corrections or clarifications. I didn't know that, actually. Let me have a check. Um, I might just look at him. It looks like it might have been The Dominator. Mm. The Dominator, Stu Allen. Um, I've picked a card that was around this time uh, in the in the UK wrestling world. So, so this is the 12th of September, 1999. British wrestling was quite few and far between at this point. So I picked FWA's Reckless Abandon from the 12th of September, 1999. A oh, show. This is going to be, I'm so hyped uh, for this, by the way. A so show good. coming out of Kidderminster, Worcestershire, United Kingdom. Now, uh, from my own parochial knowledge of Kidderminster, it's either going to be at a Kidderminster town hall or at the Glades, which is the sports center. Because I, I grew up in that area and I used to work in that area for many years. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of wrestling straight out of QD. Um So this is what FWA presented. And uh, Matthew, I'd like your thoughts on the card from 1999. Uh, okay. FWA, a staple of British wrestling. Okay. Uh, Justin Richards defeated Luz Peligrosa. That name ring a bell with you? No, that can't be Justin Richards who... Not the ring announcer. <laughs> no, I mean... Come... But I mean, is it? No, sorry, come on then. I don't know the, uh, the second one. Paul Travell. Remember <laughs> yep. Paul Travell? I do remember. He had a um, he had a he had a barbed wire baseball bat called Mr. Pointy. <laughs> did he? Yes, he did. I think not at this point, but later on in his run, he had a. I'm sure it was a barbed wire baseball bat, and he called it Mr. Pointy. He was very much considered like a like a like an early Jimmy Havoc. In the sense he right, was just like a right. hardcore wrestler that everybody sort of leaned towards. Uh, he defeated Adam Mansfield. Okay. The quick kick kid and the X Factor. Oh. I'm assuming that is that is a double-headed X-Pac tribute. Uh, defeated Kevin O'Neill and Zombie. Presuming a zombie. Kevin O'Neill, the, the comic artist. Yes, Sorry. the same guy. Alex Shane and Leon Murphy. There we go. Isn't up he? to take on and defeat Ash and Curve, a.k.a. The New Breed. The New Breed. Yes, right, yeah, because they, they would stay around for a little bit longer. They were very colourful, uh, looked like AJW type thing. They would do a bit yeah. like, they're a bit gothy. A bit like the UK version of The Brood. But They, they felt a bit like The Brood. They felt a bit like, um, so a, a little bit, they look a little bit like The, the Kings of Catch. Aspen Faith and... Do you think so? I think... I think. I, 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 I mean, my, my memory might be playing tricks with me, but I certainly remember they've yeah. had a bit of a look like that. Paul Glory... Sorry to interrupt you. Is that Skull Murphy as well, I think? Because he looked like a proper, oh, like, bare-knuckle fighter type oh, dude. I might be, so, the wrong, might be the wrong people altogether. Oh, then. no, it's uh, Paul Glory defeated John Stryker. No. No, nothing on that Those one. Those are definitely wrestling names. Enigma defeated Blade. <laughs> Wesley Snipes putting Those are definitely in. backyard wrestling names. Yeah. Scotty Rock. Now, Scotty Rock rings a bell. Yeah. Uh, he's just done a thing, hasn't he? I've literally just Googled oh, him. Scott, he done a thing? Li- did I just oh. search for him? Wait, yeah. 
Is that the same Skyrock from the northeast? He is just in a TED talk at Newcastle College or uni. Oh, it wouldn't be that Skyrock. How many Skyrock Sky Rock. are there going to be in? Well, that's well, the Skyrock you're thinking of is in his 20s. This is 1999. Guy's looking good. <laughs> I don't think it's because that Skyrock's also spelled R A W K. Two Skyrock from, from the Rock and Cold. It's such a okay. good name. It's a strong, <laughs> strong wrestling name. And your main event with special referee Johnny Storm, Doug oh. Williams defeated Jody Fleisch. There we go. There's there, there, your main event. Those are the big three. Those are your big three right there. That's your that's your holy trinity of British wrestling at this point. That's right. All in the same match. Yeah. Everything else is is wow. pretty fluffy. That was a that was a standard British wrestling card coming out. Of Oh, you were lucky if you got a card that good in '99. Wouldn't you just be? Wouldn't you just be? So that's that's the world of wrestling in 1999. We now pass over to Matthew to lead us in this week's episode of of Thursday Night Smackdown. At this point, how am I supposed to follow Ash and Curve? Like, oh mate, you you, you follow it with an absolute belter of a show and and a gift on commentary. Oh, thank you. Oh, you mean Michael Hayes. <laughs> so, The Undertaker is all over the intro. We are in Dallas, Texas, the Reunion Arena, and three days away from Unforgiven, live on pay-per-view. Uh, recap as we start the show. Vincent Mann hit Triple H with a chair on Raw after vacating the title. Also, Vince... Okay, bail me here. Uh, Vince <laughs> has been reinstated as chairman due to Austin giving him the power, and... On commentary, they go, don't forget that contract Austin signed months ago. Yeah. So this what? is so this is the thing that said that that this when Austin beat Undertaker at the end of an era match, it meant that, oh, fully loaded, it meant right. that Vince McMahon couldn't come back. Yeah. But there was a special clause in that contract that we didn't know about, but was always there, that said the only person that can bring back the authority is John Cena. <laughs> no, sorry. The only person that can bring back Vince McMahon is Steve Austin. Right, and the little little tiny print at the bottom. When ratings go down... (laughs) In case of emergency, break glass. Yeah, yeah. get Vince. They broke the glass. However, they'd say, did safe face make Austin not look like the biggest idiot in the world? Reinstating the dictator that's made his life hell for the next few years. Austin gets a WF title shot over it. So, hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. So they call a... Not exactly a no-deal exit. Uh, Crowd chance asshole. As Triple H is in the ring, and Vincent Mann is there and tells, wow, Triple H, they're chanting your name. Well, that's it, because Vincent Mann, Vincent Mann brings Triple H out to start the show, doesn't he? It's... He does. I probably should have written that No, down. no, no, that's, that, that's fine. I just knew that Vincent Mann was... That was what felt weird to begin with, was Vincent Mann was inviting Triple H to join him in the ring to start the show. Yes. And this is a great performance from Vince, as he has that commentator voice for most of it. And he explains to Triple H, oh, I mean, come on, just because I've been reinstated in power doesn't mean I'm going to hold a grudge. And he's just, he gets mad and goes, just because you threatened me, you threatened my son, you threatened to do things to my wife, you think I could hold a grudge? <laughs> it's actually a nice bit of acting there. It's beautiful. And he goes back to being normal, Vince, immediately afterwards, which is, yeah. Um, he's going to make Triple H wrestle all of his competitors, I don't know if you given the six-pack challenge, tonight. In gimmick matches. Oh. So, oh, Russo somewhere sat with a priapism. I won't, I won't lie, mate. A 15-year-old Tom Campbell was sat there oh. with a priapism watching this as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, you runs it down the cross like, yay, Everything gimmicks. was like, what, 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 what? Oh. Hit us with the gimmicks, Math. What have we got tonight? In one. He will take on Big Show in a chokeslam match. Pretty self-explanatory there. In two. Take on Kane in an inferno match with fire around the ring, if not in the ratings. Number three. 
And three. Messed it up. We'll take on Undertaker in a casket match. Ooh. And four. He will take on the Brahma Bull in a... No, I've messed it up. Took on the Rock in a Brahma Bull rope match. He's known as the Brahma Bull. Yeah, the Brahma Bull. That the Brahma Bull. It's a. It's the Rock in a Brahma Bull rope match. That's right. Brahma Bull rope. Brahma Bull rope. More the time bull, to say it, the, the worse it sounds. The rope for a Brahma Bull. Yes, that's what they do with Brahma Bulls. <laughs> you rope Tie them. into your wrist. <laughs> and then Mankind, number five, in a boiler room match. Bully's ooh, special ooh, ooh, ooh. prize. That's it. <laughs> and if he wins three of the five, he will get to stay in the six-bat challenge. Way! I don't forgive it in three days' time. And he'll win himself a, this luxury <laughs> tees made <laughs> and a speedboat. Where'd you live? Tamworth. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but this lineup for tonight genuinely blew my 15 year old mind. I was like, this right. is like a whole year of massive yeah. matches, like in the next hour and a half. What is this? Very exciting time yeah. to be a wrestling fan. And by the way, match number one against Big Show is right now. Oh, do you not love this bit, this bait and switch? So Vince says, your first match is right now, and here comes your opponent. Whole crowd rush to the barricade. Well, <laughs> a few people walk away from the barricade. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> they rush the barricade thinking, oh, it's going to be the rock. Nah. Uh, <laughs> wow. I did feel for it. In fairness, you only get 16 or so shots in those disposable cameras. <laughs> so, Big Show takes on <laughs> Triple H in a chokeslam match. This went as well as... Nemesis take it on Brad Vickers. There we go. There's a Resident Evil reference. Uh, commentators remind us about the sledgehammer shot that Big Show took weeks ago in the Buried Alive match. Yeah, handy little reminder. That's why Big Show is cross with him. Hmm. And the benefit of having feuding with so many different people is when thing plans change, as they have with uh, Austin and will change a bit later on, is that Triple H can just turn slightly to the right and go, oh, yeah, I hit him with a hammer. Yeah. Come here, you big get. That's the, that's the handy thing about, about being in so many embroiled storylines. I'm pretty sure we are one injury away from getting Jeff Jarrett in this match. I kid. Oh, yeah. Jeff Jarrett would have been nowhere near this match. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, he's on every other segment of the show that doesn't involve Triple H. So Big Show beats around Triple H. Triple H goes for a choke slam. You can tell he's really trying as well. Good effort. Crowd laughs at him, gives him a choke slam. That's it. And one hell of a choke slam as well. It's a good one. Like, and you then, forget the big show. You used to be able to deliver choke slams like this. Oh, it was stunning. The, like, the one armed show, the showstopper. The showstopper. It wasn't a choke slam. It was so good at its own name. It, it held him up there for ages, mm. like perched him on his shoulder and then just dropped him down. It was incredible. Yeah. Give him another one as well after. I was going to say, he was, he was so happy with that. And I think he knew that Tom Campbell would be commentating on it decades oh, yeah. later and go, you know what? Give him another one. Give him another one. Like a slightly smaller one. Yeah. Come a bit knackered now. Mid middle, <laughs> middle, middle show. A bit tired now, thank yeah. you. Uh, we then get the announcement that Ken Shamrock will take it on Chris Jericho in a first blood match. Bloody because hell. there's just not enough gimmick matches tonight. Full rope match, casket match, boiler in brawl, inferno match, and now a first blood match still to come. And this is a ridiculous episode of SmackDown. And afterwards, Shasta McNasty. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're still, yeah. still got Shasta McNasty to look forward to. It's so fun to say. Should we do a watch along one day with Shasta McNasty? Yeah. I think we probably should. Yeah, you know what? We'll watch the one episode with Brian Christopher in. So tonight, Triple H is facing everybody. He is going to be uh, in, in 
competition with at Unforgiven in the six That's pack right. challenge. So it'll be five Providing he can make it through, he'll be there as well. Yes. At this point in the podcast, I would like to invite you listening now to mm. join myself and Matthew Gregg next week, where instead of watching Friday night, well, Thursday night Smackdown, oh. and many years ahead of myself, instead of watching Thursday night Smackdown, we'll be presenting a special watch-along episode uh, for WWF Unforgiven. So myself and Matthew will be watching the entirety of the 1999 Unforgiven pay-per-view, and you can join us as well next week. Oh, how nice is that? I often find that if I announce that at the end of the podcast, people don't normally make it to the end of yeah. the podcast. So I thought I'd drop it in here now. So you, But they, made... can't, they want to see who, if Triple H gets into uh, the thing. Yeah, so do we. And we'll find out together, and then we'll watch it all next week. Outside, we get exclusive footage of the Dudley Boys attacking Teddy Long as he's protesting. Michael Hayes says, aha, looks like they're sending a message to Farouk. You hear Devon Dudley say, you tell Ron Simmons, thou shalt not mess with the Dudley. Yeah. You don't call him Ron. Not for a few years yet. Jericho doesn't want to wait until Unforgiven to beat up Shamrock. Yeah, good good point, Jericho, because he'll be gone by then. <laughs> so he wants the match tonight instead. It's right. He knew. Jericho knew. He knew the crack. X-Pac shows up to a huge pop. It's the first match he's had since spilling away from Kane. Since he lost, since he lost all that weight. <laughs> all that dead weight. And, and this is some prime green coal let's say Cole says wow look what he's drinking because he's got that <laughs> giant green energy drink that yeah. even we didn't even know the name of then doesn't name it so I don't know why that was because it's the second time that green drink has appeared and That's it's the second time weird, they haven't named it so it's almost promo like promo deal that is yeah you can, you can see him drinking it but you know do you think there's levels of sponsorship then he could drink be. it for this much and then for much more we'll name it well from well from my background in radio like a lot of companies they offer so you like your common or garden radio ad or you can pay a different a different tariff to have the radio presenters talk about your product right so whether it's a similar thing i don't know right. i don't know uh, who was named i tell you what who was named ringside stanley cup champion brett hall mm. who is a massive pervert can I see? Now, now, oh, I don't know anything about him. Go ahead. No, no, no. I don't know anything about him other than what I saw here. And what I saw here was the the the, cra the camera cuts to stand to the Stanley Cup champion Brett Hall. He's got his kid on his lap. Picture of family goodness. They're talking him up, right? Whilst he is in shots, a lady in a tight red top walks in front of him, and you watch his eyes move from straight ahead, and he just follows this woman. Ah. <laughs> And then suddenly he does it and then realizes, oh, wait, I'm looking this way. <laughs> we catch, you can watch now, Brett Hall. I hope I haven't broke his marriage up all these years later. Oh. Where you, can watch, you can watch Brett Hall now on the WWE Network being a massive pervert. It's just what's happened on SmackDown Episode 5 and no one was watching. Eh? <laughs> the only thing greener than the drink that Xbox is drinking is, of course, Michael Cole's commentary. <laughs> no mind that. He oh. is taking on Mark Henry, European champion. Big Mark Henry. So it's the battle of sexy chocolate and taurine which drinks are you having this <laughs> evening and this match brought to you by championship motocross featuring ricky carmichael the game that got good reviews so i can't rub on it the michael cole line says sponsored by championship motocross so real you'll be pulling your teeth out of the dirt so what so it's the game that's so real you will bite the ground is that what we're suggesting? You know, I like that line. I thought that was a good line. I couldn't, couldn't be. Did you, now the other sponsors, <laughs> um, did you collect the other sponsors? There was, so, well, no, because I was like, hang on, are they all sponsored this one match? 
Yeah, well, of course they are. It's a feature match. They, amazing. They said sponsors. to them, would you like to sponsor a championship match on the WWF? And they went, hell, that sounds great. European title, Henry Xbox. Well done. Thanks. Thank it. you for your money. So it's the so re- reply all, yes. So, <laughs> so go on. I only had the Ricky Carmichael one. What else followed? Okay. Uh, crispy M&M's. Pretty standard. Crispy mm. M&M's. And wavesmusic.com, the official music provider of WWF.com. I typed in wavesmusic.com into my Google Chrome browser. Uh-huh. This is Ace. Uh, it links now to a website called Waves XR, uh-huh. who are providers of virtual concerts. Okay. So if you're an artist or like a, a burgeoning artist and you've got some money to burn, you can go to Waves XR and they give you all the tools and the software you need to set up in your home studio with a camera. A little avatar that appears on the screen, and you can sing your little heart out through your avatar to a, an audience watching around the world. And Waves XR are the company behind virtual concerts. To, to the millions. <laughs> and tens. <laughs> to I, I googled people. I'm glad your phone seems to be better than mine. I googled Waves... Mu- uh, on music and my phone laughed at me. <laughs> he went, hello, 1999, ding dong. Connie from AOL says hi. <laughs> he went, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you have email. Yeah, then it played Snake. <laughs> so Dino Brown was at ringside. Henry Powerlifts X-Pac, something he did very well, even in 99, to Vader on one episode of Sunday Night Heat. Yeah. Maybe we were, oh, Mark Henry is actually a strong man. He's a muscle boy. Yeah. Uh, Bust out the skid mark. As Booker T affectionately referred it to as SummerSlam that one year, we did the Sheamus. I did not realize he was doing it that early in his career. It's when X-Pac is in a 619 position, yeah. and Mark Henry just run, like, dives out the ring, basically, and lets his ass do the talking. So, like, oh, so he, so he rolls over him. Is that called the skid mark? It's not the official <laughs> name for it, but Booker T went, oh, he left a skid mark on oh. Sheamus. And it's like, you know what? That name, that move did not have a name. It does now, Booker T. Wow. That's a, I, that's, I like that. That's going to stick. In many ways. Yeah, uh, D'Lo Brown, who we all love, obviously, in the show, does oh, get a bit of a uh, mixed signal here when he's asked, so, uh, who do you want to face at Unforgiven, then? It must be Mark Henry. He's like, oh, I don't really care which one I face. And my call is like, surely it's Mark Henry, <laughs> the guy you're feuding with. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, the whole Jeff Jarrett thing. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, Mark Henry I want, yeah. Because was that match sort of hanging in the balance at this point? Would it have been, would D'Lo Brown have, because then would D'Lo Brown have faced X-Pac if X-Pac had won? That's what they said, yeah. He he said, I will fight the champion no matter who he is. And we're like, yeah, but you really hope it's the guy that would be building you up on TV, right? Yeah, I thought thought he might screw Mark Henry over to make sure that he gets to Unforgiven. It's like, I want to take the belt off you. You think that'd be the thing, but Dilo's like, no, I'm a bother. I just want the title. He just wants the belt. No, no, Dilo, I'm going to ask you one more time. (laughs) I was kicking you in the shin. (laughs) Hello, Mr. Thompson. (laughs) Henry misses an elbow. Uh, So Dilo remarks, aha, that's why I needed to lose weight. He's too slow. (laughs) And that's it. And he just, he really cuts cuts him down for being out of shape. He's too paggered to get back in the ring. So he's got a point. Hmm. They go outside. Henry gets distracted by Dilo Brown and gets counted out. So X-Pac wins this triple-sponsored match. <laughs> Ricky Carmichael's doing whatever you do on a BMX bike uh, outside. and He's doing a BMX. As he goes on the road, does that. Eats crispy M&Ms and listens to a, dot, a 32 kilobyte .wav file. <laughs> that sounds remarkably like a Justin Henry Skype call. Uh so, no title because we saw enough of... Yeah, thankfully, Xbox does not win the title here because we saw enough of Xbox versus Steel Brown already this year. 
And then Ooh. Mark Henry, obviously not happy, he uh, gives a hellish bump to D'Lo, who yeah. runs flat out in the ring post, and there's JFK's right off the mat. He just he proper bounces, then he back into the left. Yeah. So good one, D'Lo. So so that's how so we're getting the match then. We're getting D'Lo Mark Henry for the European Championship. Yes. On Sunday at Unforgiven. That's right. Oh, that, that match is set in stone like all the other matches yeah. on the card, Tom. Oh, yep. Nothing can change on this card now. I'm excited to see Undertaker challenge for the title. Meemaw out the blue. Luna Vachon. Yes, that's right, Tom. Luna Vachon. Oh, her from off of being with Gangrel and Bam Bam Bigelow that time. That's right. Who you'll know. She's one of the other people on the show that's obviously on the other reviews. Obviously, yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. Uh, myself and Justin Henry do the Cold Tonic Classic Raw review on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Luna Vachon is one of he's, he's one of the only real standouts in, in a very, very anemic women's division at this point, With which, uh, which is a division because it has a champion. Yeah, that's right. Um, but it was it was it was recently that we discovered that according to WWF in 1994, women were classed in the same bracket as dwarves and midgets, uh, because <clears throat> there was a mixed tag match at WrestleMania 10, which myself, Justin, and Matthew watched. You can watch with us on the podcast feed, um, in which it was a mixed tag between Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna versus Doink and Dink, and Luna and Dink had to wrestle each other. They couldn't <laughs> wrestle the others, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no I'll, I'll correct you. Dink couldn't wrestle. <laughs> but it's nice to see Luna popping up. I feel like a time trap, like a proper, yeah. like, Castrol GTX powered DeLorean owner now. Because now I'm seeing Luna much further down the road, still as raspy as ever, still yeah. as still as uh, built as ever. Um, slightly bigger assets than I recall. Mm. I wonder whether that was some sort of uh, some sort of doping policy that WWF instigated at this point with their uh, their women's division. That's right, she had to, hit the, she had to make weight. <laughs> so you're telling me that last time you saw Luna Vachon, the women's division was anemic, but she was still a highlight. Yeah. Well, hold on to your butt, Tom. Because <laughs> uh, Luna Vachon is challenging Ivory for a title match at Unforgiven, and it's going to be in a hardcore match. And that is the entirety of the title match build. That's all there is, isn't it? She just oh that Luna Luna had to Luna had literally thirty five seconds to to get this over, and I I remember watching this going okay I'm excited yeah. women's match under hardcore rules yeah yeah I'm down for yeah. that I remember being quite that's cool yeah I do like Luna Vachon's voice because it does make me uh, think back of home and all Triapic. the all the female Triapic. bus drivers. Where you going to? Day ticket one eighty. Is Luna Barry the shark? I just realized. <laughs> Do you want a day ticket? <laughs> to hell. No, sorry. sorry. Darlington. Darlington. Best the <laughs> Two little ducks, 22. <laughs> the best um, the best Luna line was when she uh, looked at uh, Sable and said, I'm going to take that Estee Lauder face and turn it into an Andy Warhol original. That's all right, yeah. Great line from Luna. Yeah. Apparently she was... Um, I'm going to describe this. She was playing the role of a reporter in Kevin Sullivan's company, which would have been oh, that Georgia, I think. And she was there going, excuse me, I have a question for you on behalf of, I don't know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And then Kevin Sullivan was like, ah! And then like did his voodoo <laughs> magic on her. And that's when she turned around like, I'm evil now. <laughs> But that was in the 80s. She never recovered. No one ever gave her the serum to switch her back. The power of Kevin Sullivan transcends 
leagues and divisions and promotions. Right. Once you turn in a Kevin Sullivan fuel promotion, you turn forever. Yeah. You know, that's why uh, that's, the, that's why uh, John Tender spent the rest of his years as Shark. Right. That damn Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> so, Luna Vachon, the spell was never broken. She was always, it's Luna Vachon, the exact same gimmick as she's always been. Oh, God. Because I think we really missed out. Like, hi, I'm Luna Vachon. Traffic warden. <laughs> oh, wait, no, women don't get gimmicks in 94. <laughs> the dwarves do. Anyway, enough, enough of Luna. And on Raw, Jeff Jarrett lost. <laughs> apparently, lost a match. Oh, she attempted. No, yeah, apparently, they said lost a match. To Stephanie McMahon. Yeah, so it was Jeff because Jarrett of... and Deborah versus Test oh, right, Stephanie McMahon. Cool. Right. And Jeff Jarrett was pinned by Stephanie McMahon. You know what? I have a funny feeling that was a decision that came from not just the booking committee. I feel like that came from very high up the food chain. You know what we're going to do this week on Raw? Steph over Jeff. Stephanie McMahon's going to pin Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. One of hilarious hindsight moments when we figure out who would be feuding with WWE in a few years' oh, time. Oh, hell yeah. And what's happening in a few months? It's not even a month, is it, when we get the Jeff Jarrett hostage situation? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, more of that to come. So, out of... <laughs> because he was so mad at losing to a woman, he put the figure four on Deborah, <laughs> despite Miss Kitty's begging, because Jeff Jarrett is criminally insane. He is, isn't he? He's ridiculous. What, what I can't get over here is Jeff Jarrett has just been an absolute bar steward for several weeks now <laughs> to to women and Michael Hayes at commentary going oh he put a figure four on the puppies like <laughs> just and there's a line where Jeff Jarrett's doing Jeff Jarrett's in the in the ring with the with the mic oh, yeah, he, say says, it, say, say. he says Deborah's not here Deborah's at home and then Michael Hayes goes wish I was at home with her mate she's at home because she got attacked you massive pervert the full thing he going says going out with Brett Hall <laughs> The funny, oh, there we go. That's good. No, no, no. The full thing he says, I've got to say it full. Women are weak and men are dominant. Deborah's malnourished puppies are home resting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and that is... Oh, my God. Oh, I wish I was at home with that. I wish I was at home treating those malnourished puppies. God. Saying rude expletives. Anyway, a female stage manager has the goal to tell Jeff Jarrett from the great state of Tennessee to wrap it up. So hang on, so these stage managers, they tell the guys to wrap... Where was she during the Triple H reign of terror in 2003? <laughs> we could have done with her then. 25-minute blimmin' promos. She's there like the comedy clubs flashing a light. <laughs> the fiend comes yeah. out. So Jeff Jarrett <laughs> sees a woman and instantly the music from Kill Bill kicks in in his head. <laughs> But, oh, God, it's it's evil, but it's funny. But on behalf of all women everywhere, luckily, China KOs him and puts his pants on. <laughs> yep. Whilst putting on the apron that he put her in last week. Oh, beautiful. Mm. You'll love to see it. Good statement. Mm. Show, don't tell. I don't think China <laughs> needed it. By the way, we're eating Haribo Star Mix as we're going on. No, no, no. They haven't paid, they've only paid us the Xbox Green Drink sponsorship. Oh, okay. These are generic candies. By the way, we're eating some sweets. There you go. God, so if only Xbox. we knew the brand. If only we knew the brand of thousands of people. Um, yeah, this was good. Show, not tell. China putting the, the, the ladle and the pan in his hands, putting the apron on him, putting his pants on. Nice. Nice bit of nice angle work there. It's a good look. It's a good thing to take a screenshot of and go, what was happening here? What was if you forgot that. Why is China dressed as Jared? Is this an elite alliance? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm horrible. I digress. No, 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 no. no. Lugs. <laughs> 
The fear your feet. It's all in the hugs. It's actually needed. I'm very happy, Glokes, that did this segment. Uh, on Raw, Kane got the Unholy Alliance, the tag team titles to Mankind and The Rock, the Rock Talk Connection. It's not clear here, but all we know is Undertaker was too banged up to do anything but commentate the match. <laughs> Even then he had a sore tongue. Exactly. I mean, if you if your 33-pound head had a headache... <laughs> no wonder he needed a year off. <laughs> that mojo jojo cranium of his. He's just falling apart. Like He's being just wheeled out like Weekend at Bernie's to episodes <laughs> of TV now. Like, I, it sucked to be Undertaker at this point because... Like you are, you are so desperate for time off. Like every part of you hurts. Yeah, they go. Okay, can you just come and do this TV show? Oh, but I can't just lie down for a bit. No, we haven't got time. You can go see the boxing next weekend. How's that? Yeah. All right, fine. Wish I was De La Hoya. <laughs> Wish I was Deborah. Minor merch puppies in rest too. <laughs> yeah. So literally, when he said "dead man walking," that was him. Yeah. It's, it was. It wasn't a catchphrase. It was a way of life. <laughs> And we have match number two of the Triple H uh, trials of uh, into getting into Mount Olympus. Well, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, Troy. I wrote in my notes. Um, I wrote, what did I quote in my notes? The the seven challenges of Hercules or something. I can't remember what I wrote. It's the 12 tasks of Hercules. The 12 tasks of Hercules, kind of. I thought I wrote that in my notes. Maybe I didn't. The 12 tasks of Hercules. Yes. But uh, it's the abbreviated version. It's only on one CD. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the Kane Inferno match. And you can tell the ratings are down when they're busting out the cool-looking Inferno match in a random episode of SmackDown. How we cannot let these everyone loves Raymond repeats make us look bad. <laughs> Inferno matches were great, though, weren't they? Imagine they did an Inferno cool. match and everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Mom, stop putting me in the fire! <laughs> Oh, Raven, you're always complaining. <laughs> Mom, Deborah, don't put me. <laughs> John, I don't know whether you work on this podcast, John, but I'm going to shine to the ether in case you do. John, everybody loves Raymond Inferno match. There's your, there's your, there's your Photoshop work for today. If you listen to this podcast, don't know if he does or not. And if you don't, piss off. <laughs> he might not work Tuesdays. He's <laughs> yeah. like, like, damn it, Tom, I need a rest. It's like Triple H. He don't work Tuesdays. <laughs> Uh, lasted longer than the original FMW Inferno match, which inspired this gimmick. Do you know about that? Really? By no, the way? I don't. Please educate. All right, so roughly the same time, all right, FMW, the original big ass hardcore company, Frontier which is martial arts wrestling. That's it. That's it. Oh. See, I, I, I see you know your judo. I'm not a paper wrestling fan. <laughs> Some think I am because I'm not perturbed and destroyed by the business. Wonderful. <laughs> Tell everyone I feel like I'm condescending. So you know FMW. It's in this country called Japan. Um, I think you mean ECW. Yeah, you're right. Stepping up, man. ECW, Jap ECW <laughs> Japan, as it was known. <laughs> as it'll soon be known, NXT Japan. Right. Oh, no, no, no. That's not funny. Did you hear they tried to buy Big Japan? That was one of the speculations. Was it Big Japan or no? Noah was, was what I got told. Yeah. It was Noah. Um, and um, the speculation was, as well as Noah, they'd approach Big Japan. You know, that family-friendly deathmatch <laughs> promotion. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? That's, a, that's a nice fit for your portfolio, lads. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> but th that's speculation. That's rumour and innuendo. So I don't know if that's, that bit's true. The I mean, Noah bit's true. I mean, it would be great just to have, have the, you know, they'll do the Saudi Arabia. Wow, the 60-man Royal Rumble, the biggest one ever. So, oh, we have to big up these other people. NXT Japan. <laughs> Just said Michael Cole go, oh my God, that's Abdullah Kobayashi. <laughs> which one's, which one's he, Michael Cole? Oh, he's the one eating the tubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I see him. Jesus. Uh, Here's the thing, right? I, I just, 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 just spitballing on this. Do you think that this is all the Japan, the Japan things happen by accident? 
because somebody said, hey, Triple H, um, do you think it's worth us branching out into, into Japan? And Triple H on the phone went, no. <sighs> okay, we'll give oh him a call. Oh, my God. <laughs> Christ in a black <laughs> tongue. I said no. That's a key. Oh, we did. Mate, mate, mate. Thank you. Mate. Thank you. Mate. Thank you. Look out for that on the news. Look, can we just wrap days. this up? Can we wrap <laughs> no. this up now? This is a man now. Nothing's peaking. Nothing's new there. <laughs> Not even an effing Inferno match. Just keep... <laughs> anyway. How exciting was an Inferno match? Tell us about the first it one. It was. So the first one, not actually called an Inferno match. Well, the first time they tried to do this, FMW. It's a tag match. It's Onida and Tarzan Goto. It's on again, off again, friend. Taking on Sabu and The Sheik. Wow. And Sheik is in his 50s or 60s at this point. I don't know. But... They basically put giant wraps on the ropes, or was it barbed wire? I forget, but it doesn't matter. And covered it in um, lighter fluid. Yeah, but the proper name Petrel. for it. No, God, no. But it, <laughs> but it lit up. They just it completely, Flint. yeah, K- kindling. Yeah, kindling. <laughs> A bundle of sticks was known as gunpowder. Uh, yeah, so this covered it and like lit up. And the match went, I think, a minute and a half, <laughs> because they quickly realised. Oh, <laughs> they, the flames are like 10 foot tall. And I, oh, right, cool. We can't breathe right now. <laughs> the smoke emanating off it. And it's like, oh, all right. And they try. And they go on the mat and go, they try, they, Anita tries to kick him down. It doesn't work. It just gets <laughs> higher and higher. And then even worse, the flames are going directly up. And then because I don't know if the winds or whatever, or because the things were shrinking, they start like going down. <gasps> like, you know, um, sky domes and stuff. When it's raining, they'll have that. Automatic roof, come on. So oh they go, my God. So they go, F this. I need to run down. goes, No, no. And this is a sold out show for like 10,000 people. It's like, No, 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 no. Oh my God. But it, um, then Wing would do that do it much more successfully uh, like a few weeks later, like very soon after this, but they did it properly with only the little boxes and just have a little fire. And it was like, So it looked cool. They'll burn the entire match and no one panicked or died. Okay. So, so yeah, it's a good idea in Bloody principle. Yeah, that's amazing. And Inferno matches in WWE have always been. This looks cool, doesn't it? Yeah, that's It's very hot as hell, but it's not actually, you know, burning people it, too much. It feels like it's one of those ideas where they went, that'd be great. Okay, now how do we do it? Uh, we haven't thought that far. No. <laughs> how, how do we get everybody out of this safely? Oh, we haven't thought that far. Yeah. I mean, Kane kills Triple H for a bit, and it is worth mentioning. Triple H here, as we've said last week and the week beforehand, is great during this period of selling and making the guys wrestling look, look really impressive. He's a work, do you know what? For all the nonsense he gets... He's a workhorse tonight. He absolutely, like, he, abs- I know the story is, like, he's being worked. But, like, in the, I mean, worked as in, like, he's been worked hard. Okay, not yeah, that he's being worked into a shoot brother. Um, he's, um, no, he's grafting. And, and in real life, he is grafting at this point. Like, he isn't mm. a, he isn't a paper champion. He's turning up to all the shows and he is working his ass off yeah. to make sure that he belongs in the top tier. And you, and he gets a lot of grief, and he did for a long time, and, and a lot of time it was deserved. But at this point in time, I look back on this and I go, fair play, here's a guy that has been given the push of a lifetime. Many people, his peers, some of the fans, don't believe he deserves it, but he's going to work for it. He's going right. to go in every day and graft. Much respect for him at this yeah. point. So much respect. And he's getting beat up. However, X-Pac is dragged out, beaten up, Possibly by the advertisers for going, why didn't you say the name of the drink? <laughs> he's proper. He's, he's destroyed, dead. Like blood pouring out of his mouth. Like his yeah. eyes are rolling into the back of his head. Yeah. It's a horrible looking beating by The Undertaker, the big show, Midian right. and Viscera. Yeah, he's just had a 
a visit to Raccoon City. And <laughs> yeah, you're right, Undertaker and Midian and Viscera, and we have to say all those names because they are not the Unholy Alliance. They are not aligned. It's not a thing. After tonight, it won't matter. Shut up, Wikipedia. Yeah, B.A. Wikipedia. Unholy Alliance is Big Show and Undertaker, and that's it. I did wonder how Kane was going to get out of the ring. Oh, I was going to say, this is the absolute best. This, this <laughs> yeah. is the highlight of the show. Kane sees his friend, dead, dives over the ropes, the clothesline, Viscera and Midian, gets his hands set on fire in the process, ignores it and <laughs> runs to check his friend anyway and somebody of the faction which just puts it out as he's checking that loses but wins over our hearts oh completely the fact that he stood there with his hand on fire tending to expert yeah. you're on fire I ain't got time to be on fire I ain't got time to bleed yeah my mate talk not very well yeah and then not the unholy not the unholy alliance say alright bye and sod off yeah. and uh, like it's like Undertaker's walking off and then just a split second before they cut away, he realises, actually, I need to walk a bit quicker because Kane's catching yeah. up. And he just kind of speeds up his pace a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was just cute. It's like, cute little bit by the end of the He's running so fast, you think he was on fire? Oh, right, sorry, Kane. <laughs> it's okay, Ted. Yep. He's quite a far way away at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we might want to speed up a bit now, yeah. Ted. And then, in a very important segment, mm. Undertaker, again, in his American badass gear of bandana and shades, is backstage with the lads, as we'll call them. <laughs> the lads! Uh, Vince shows up, and he's very angry. He says, like, look... Because uh, Undertaker you, says, we're done for tonight, let's go party. Yeah. And, and and Lillian Garcia, who was interviewing him, says, well, hang on, you've got a casket match. And he's like, I ain't, I ain't got nothing to do. You go tell Vince, I'm bothered. And then Vince turns. <laughs> Vince, whoop, hello, <laughs> yeah. you, you rang, my lord. It's like, no, no you got, you got to do the casket match. And he goes, uh, but if you're not doing the casket match then, then you're not going to be in the six-part challenge. He goes, then maybe I'm not participating. And then leaves. He says, maybe I won't be participating in anything around here. Yeah. And then walks out the door. And why is he significant, Matthew? Uh, because he's the only one on the Unforgiven poster. <laughs> For a start. <laughs> it's literally him doing that mom so effing evil pose with like lightning bolts coming out of his hands. And he's not here. And this is the last time we'll see Undertaker until Judgment Day 2000, I believe. I think literally because he leaves. Let's make a little cameo appearance. Makes it look like idiots next week. No, uh, he he leaves dressed as the American badass, and that is a... <laughs> he comes back as the American badass. Like he all along, he he was hinting, "Hey, I ain't dead anymore. I'm not dead anymore. No I'm now this guy." He literally put a trench coat on before he came back. Yeah. But this is it. This is the last time. Do you think he should have showed up at Jim's and go, wow, what a party that was, lad. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like I've lost nine months. <laughs> anyway, what have I missed? <laughs> it's a six-pack challenge, John. No, he comes out and he goes, I'll be here for my casket match. I've changed my mind. <laughs> but, no, but this is the end of a massive run for The Undertaker in the WWF. From night was it ninety four to ninety nine? Do you have any time off between then? He had. Because Mabel crushed his face ninety five. He still didn't take time. But he still wrestled. Yeah. he still wrestled. He had the mask on for ages. He disappeared in nineteen ninety four uh, because he got killed and his his spirit ascended to heaven. Oh, and the next night on Raw, they had a tribute to the Undertaker, but they had a graphic for it, and it was like the Undertaker, but with the transparency on about fifty percent. <laughs> Because he's now dead. Because he's dead. <laughs> Which is like, imagine them doing that for, for a real passed on <laughs> And even do the and even do the like, he's going to heaven. <laughs> memory, memory of Harley Race. And then like a, <laughs> yeah. a transparent Harley Race. <laughs> Harley Race, legend. NWA champion. Respect the Bavery. Godspeed, our friend. <laughs> 
I'm the 16-time world champion, and I will never rest in peace. And they bring out a fake Harley race. Instead of, for, no. <laughs> for a few weeks. See, that's good. Instead of that, you ever seen on The Price is Right? They had the yodeling thing. Oh, Harley, Harley race, we pay our respects. What a great champion he was. Never be anything like him again. R.I.P. <laughs> this is all. This is all daft silliness. Uh, rest in peace, Harley Race. Thank you very much. Oh God, yes. Oh no. Just, just you know cover. what? Even if he's dead, I'm still worried. Just to cover. Just to cover. Uh, but no. But to go back to the Undertaker. Yeah, he took time off in '94. Yeah. Uh, and I think he worked solidly, unless I'm very much mistaken, through to now. And like even. In like 98, oh, wait, he was he had struggling. The buried alive thing in 96, didn't he? Did he take time off that? Um, I have a feeling. Oh, he, he had was, a month off. He had a month <laughs> off. Bless him. Because he was backed by the Rumble. Yes. Well, he was backed by Rumble 97. But like this is the this is like the longest bit of time off the Undertaker would have had since the early 90s. Yeah. He's been a part of WWE TV. Even when he has been, as you said just a second, Math, even when like he had his face crushed by Mabel. Mm. He still turned up to work. Like he's had a groin injury for months, which is why he's not been wrestling. Yeah. That and many other a multitude of other injuries. Um he's been he's just been paggered. And now they've actually turned around and said, All right, mate, go rest. Hmm. See you next year. And that's it. And now Austin's back. Austin's back. He'll replace you. He's in the, the, the best condition of his life. He's oh, oh God. Okay. I'm thinking, can you say it a bit longer, please, actually? <laughs> but this is, the, and this is the last time, I think, yeah, I'm sure this is the longest, the end of the longest run because he misses WrestleMania 2000, yes. aka WrestleMania 16. The last WrestleMania he missed before that was WrestleMania turn. Yeah. He was every other single one. So it's always, it's always a, a weird time when WrestleMania comes and goes without The Undertaker. Hmm. Always feels weird. I'm glad that it's, there's less pressure on him to come back every year now, which there slowly is becoming less pressure. But it's always weird when WrestleMania comes and goes and we haven't seen or heard from The Undertaker. Always very weird. I'm over it now, but yeah. when it, the first time it happened, you're like, oh, no Undertaker? Yeah, like the oh. last one where there was no Undertaker. But they, he still turned up the next night, didn't he, on Raw? Am I right? Am I right in thinking that? This year, he turned up on Raw the night after Mania and just went digging souls and... Uh, like, Everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he's yeah. <laughs> digging, digging souls and popping down an hole. <laughs> <laughs> he's a miner now. Um, <laughs> works in the sewerage company. Uh, digging souls, popping down an hole. Um, Jason Moles. <laughs> Jason Moles, he's a gardener. I've dug nine holes for nine moles. <laughs> No, no, he has, he has got best a, control. He has got a job at the minute, so I'm signing on the dole. <laughs> I've signed nine doles for five souls. Anyway. Oh, I see. If we try to... That's a, that's a, I beg your pardon. On behalf of Colaholic Lawyers, who love this podcast, <laughs> there's no evidence that Undertaker's committing, <laughs> committing fraud. Undertaker has never worked in best control, nor is he committing benefit fraud. <laughs> There's nothing to suggest we that. Will ne Although, we have... No, concrete, No, we have concrete evidence that he's been to Nando's. Yeah. That was big news this, this past week. On a slow, slow week for humanity. Biggest the Undertaker, news. get this right. Are you ready? He went and had a meal in a public restaurant. No, you are, you are, you are the worst because you are missing. I'm you not are, the you worst. Look at you reacting. You are underselling the significance of the Undertaker, an undead zombie <laughs> going for a Portuguese meal in Scotland. <laughs> That's massive. 
And, and, and <laughs> what do you think you, he'd be doing his past? And, and if you believe, <laughs> if you believe that it's it's unimportant wrestling news, I'm looking at you, Belgit Leon's on YouTube comment section, who told me I should die for reporting it. <laughs> you are so in the slow lane. <laughs> this is big news. Shut up, Your Honor. We're all just big kids, really. The Undertaker's eaten. We all... No, it's, it's, he's in nada. <laughs> if you only could see how animated how, Tom was right how now. How can you not be excited about somebody... <laughs> excited. Who, somebody who has spent their entire life playing an undead zombie doing something arbitrary. I... Every time I see The Undertaker coming out of Subway, like... 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 Posting a letter. I live for The Undertaker just doing mundane stuff. I love the fact The Undertaker has an Instagram where he'll just chat to Edge about how good it is being a dad. Like, I live for Undertaker doing arbitrary stuff. Uh, Undertaker. Someone just saw The Undertaker going into the dentist. Like, I live... Oh, my God, he's got teeth! He's got to... Ah! What if Undertaker was I, one of us? He's ah. not, though. He's not. He's an undead zombie. And it's nice to see him eating Nando's. I still don't know what he had. He had the rest in macho peas. Nice. That's the, the only one pun I've Somebody got, said, because he was sat on his own, he had chicken breast in peace. <laughs> oh, oh, that's another. That's nice. Bada bang bang. Anyway, I'm done. Let's go back to 1999. Thanks oh, for the takeout. Boring. We'll see you in boring. Nando's in a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, bye, Undertaker. <laughs> Trying to injure yourself on the way out. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Uh, the Rock, the new tag team champion, comes out and is cool. Oh, uh, yeah, he gives a whole thing about shoving the Stanley Cup up Triple H's ass. Yeah, he's, he's talking talk about the Stanley Cup and not really that type of thing. Or the second thing he said for that fact, mankind is also here. He's not cool. I don't, know, I don't know much about this guy, Stanley, but I brought you a cup, Rock, and it's a ball-protecting cup, Tom. Uh, Mick, Mick tries stealing the Rock's catchphrase in the highlight of this bit. He goes, oh, Triple H, I got you in the boiler room match later on. 
but I've got a special pipe backstage, and I'm going to shine it up, bend it up. Rock glares at him. Uh, uh, I'm going to hit you over the head with it. <laughs> 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 oh, these two are so good. Should have made a T-shirt. He was... <laughs> He, like everything else The Rock says. Oh, he was, as we always say this on this show, like his, his humour was criminally underrated by this crowd. Yeah, this is a crowd that got him. that, though, you know. They didn't deserve him most of the time. Tonight they did. Tonight we, we, mm. we applaud you having, having him. You can have him tonight. You can, yeah, we, we bestow mankind onto thee. Mm-hmm. And what else do we bestow? That's right, the return of the road dog, who's had one of those back injuries that only takes four weeks to heal that you read about. <laughs> uh-huh. The rumour was he was recording an album. But I don't God, know whether that, 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 co- yeah. whether that was a cover-up because he'd had other things No, it was a cover-up. It was all original material. <laughs> hey! Oh. Good night, everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> we peaked here. Try the fish. Yeah, he, this, Road Dog was on and again, off again with uh, what I could only describe as drug issues. Okay. <laughs> you know, so he, had a, he had a disagreement with the company. He wanted to do drugs, and they disagreed <laughs> with him. So he met in the middle and didn't do drugs. That's right. He wants a tag title shot tonight. And who's his partner? None other than the ass man cometh. And the New Age Outlaws have reunited. Do you not remember how epic this was as a moment for a fan of this era to see the New Age Outlaws back together? Yeah, they gradually drifted apart in 99. Well, they, they dramatically broke up, didn't they? No, I was going to say, I'm building up to me. They gradually oh. uh, go about to go into the hardcore and icy title divisions, uh, but then split up around the time that we don't talk about because somebody died. And... Well, last teaming up four months ago on Sunday Night Heat, so it may not have happened, in fact. So they're getting together rather like, you know, when they did the last season of Friends because they tried doing film careers and they all died in their ass. <laughs> that is what Mr. Ass is doing. Return to Road Dog as part of the New Age Outlaws. And Michael Cole is very complimentary about the New Age Outlaws. Not only were they probably the number three merch seller in the companies behind The Rock and Austin, but he's saying, yeah, they are the three-time tag team champions. That's the one of the, but they're probably arguably the greatest tag team in WWF history. And you look at that accolade and go, yeah, you, you, you actually yeah. got a good point for this time. Because the way I look at the WWF tag division, I said this WrestleMania 10 thing is, I think the Quebecers left, Steiners left, and there was what? The New Rockers. It was that period that was on its arse until the New Age How Outlaws dare you? picked it up. Who are you to doubt Doug Furness and Phil LaVon? <laughs> God. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they were never the most... Um, <clears throat> Technically gifted tag team. They were never like the the, the five star match machines. No, but they were big characters, and they were they were a big team. They were a big team, and I think that Michael Cole is saying this to one re- remind people of who they are, and two, I think when you see where this goes right now. Mm. It makes sense that Michael Cole is putting them over as one of the most dominant tag teams in the history of oh, absolutely. the company, yeah. if you see where this goes. Absolutely. And, you know, they had the, the formula of playing the Rock and Roll Express. You know, Road Dog gets beat up for 10 minutes, which is bizarre in this case, because obviously they did this with every tag team match they had, because they were over. However, tonight, they're wrestling the Rock and Sock Connection, who are even more over than they are. Yeah. So it's an interesting dynamic. It's face versus face, technically. But Dog still gets beat up. Um, gun whips. No, some some nice action. Crowd's like buzzing. Like, Jesus, what, what else could happen in this episode? Oh, just you wait. Uh, Billy Gunn whips Mick into Rock on the apron, just like Survivor Series 1993, Rowan and Brett. Uh-huh. And after a long bite, the standards of SmackDown match, 
hits him with the Fame Master to become the four-time WF Tag Team Champions. This was huge. Mm. This felt like a big deal. Like the New Age yep. Outlaws defeating like two former WWF champions. This, this, this is what a tag team division needs when you have this point in time where, and they've done it recently with Dolph Ziggler, Robert, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, and they did this on Raw the other night, where you have this sort of super team, this super group that yep. forms. But you need to make sure that when the time comes for them to lose the belt, they lose the belt to tag team specialists. Because right. otherwise, what is the point in a tag team division if a and if an established tag team can't beat just two top single lads? Exactly. Tom. And the New Couldn't Age Outlaws more. were a better oiled unit. They were a they were more experienced as a tag team. That is why they won. Mm -hmm. And it's a big. It's probably the biggest tag team win for them. That's right. Second uh, time, or maybe the third, fourth, fifth time, they've pinned Mick Foley as well. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, in many different eras, in many different guises. Right. They just keep finding each other. They, they were Shawn Michaels to Mankind's British Bulldog. It's on the end of titles. Like, oh, come here, Mick. It's that time of the month. Get over here. <laughs> no, not that time of the month. Um, New Age Outlaws do their spiel afterwards. Much joining in. Very happy. And you're right, it does make sense for an established tag team, a mega team like New Age Outlaws, to beat yeah. the, the, the two world champion guys teaming up to show that, yes. Singles matches, you guys beaten up, but the tag team division is a yeah. completely different animal. I yeah. like that. And also, it makes sense for them to do this rather weird decision to have on paper the tag team titles switch hands just after they've won them a few days earlier because Rock and Sock were going to feud with the Unholy Alliance, the Big Dogs, Big Show, and Undertaker. Yeah. If Undertaker's gone, there's not much point in Rock and Sock having the tag team titles. Yeah, exactly. That's why it was, I think, I have a funny feeling this was, this did feel a bit rushed. It didn't feel like. It didn't like there was no build to oh dog and gun are mates now because Billy Gunn was a he was kind of a tweener at this point because he was coming out and saving China from the odd beatdown but then mm. he was beating her up as he left anyway so he was sat in the middle somewhere so it wasn't it did it felt like it kind of came out of nowhere a little bit and I feel like because of as you say that situation with the Undertaker kind of threw a lot of plans into a bit of disarray so they went you know what let's just put the tag belts back in the tag division yeah. they, they, we don't need this anymore. Yeah. It's part of this story. And fair play to Billy Gunn. Yeah. Uh, being okay wrestling The Rock again. Yeah. Well, it's well, it's one of them things where I know I know there was heat. There's a bit of heat between them afterwards because of the way that The Rock pretty much just buried the Billy Gunn single push. Uh, but then it still behooves Billy Gunn to be in the ring with The Rock anyway. It's the it's The Rock. You know, regardless, you know, if you're gonna play silly buggers and go, no, I ain't gonna wrestle him, then. You, that's that slows so many things down. Just get in there and get on with it. Do the thing. Deal with it after. You got one match with him, then you can go off and follow your own dreams. <laughs> yeah, you you could have that solo album instead. <laughs> Four week injury. <laughs> match number three. Oh wait, hang on. Undertaker's gone. Oh, we'll have their mates. Not the unholy lions. Not the unholy lions. Viscera and Midian. And oh my god, at Midian's gear. The neon special. What is that? I've written down it sloppier than an Italian police investigation. <laughs> I've used that line before. I think it's worth using it again. Bear in mind the alternative is naked, Midian. I was going to say, and Viscera is very helpful here. You always look cool with his giant bin bag on. <laughs> but here, they have the dark blue light. And I don't think anyone noticed this before they come out, because obviously, yeah, they're in the ministry, kind of worthy in the ministry, kind of just, you know, how Mike Jeanette would always dress up years after the rockers mm. in his rockers gear. Uh, but... This one comes out with the dark light, and oh my god, he just he's a spit image of Violet from Willy Wonka. <laughs> also the same size. 
John. Violet from Willy Wonka. Do you don't need the Photoshop. The <laughs> you don't need the Photoshop. Just do the same image you got. There you go, Tom. <laughs> Two seconds of work, mate. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that's, that's alarmingly true. Yeah, so they both come out. Well, Median rolls out Viscera um, to the, the handicap casket match, as Vincent Mann has decreed. So even more. I can't believe they've changed something that they advertised. Oof. What a shot. Wouldn't stand for that nowadays, would they? Uh, gets beat up. Sorry, Trebage gets beat up until Viscera splashes Midian. Like, looking like the Chuckle Brothers at this point. And China low blows Viscera. Midian gets pedigreed and rolled in. And that was a quick match, wasn't it? Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, Tom, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Here comes the money. That's right. Shano, defender of women's rights, then tells Triple H both at once. Okay. <laughs> Minion and Viscera got to fit in that teeny tiny casket yeah. at the same time. Minion and Viscera. This is the biggest screw job of the night for, for Triple H. <laughs> Minion and Viscera splash him a bit, roll him in, and oh my God, Minion and Viscera just got a win over Triple H. <laughs> There's something to put in the CV. And uh, that was pretty much it. And any of the thoughts you have for that bird. It was one of them where um, I, it's, it's a match I remember. I see. Oh. I, I remember watching this entire show first time round, just just in love with the whole Triple H fighting everybody thing. I remember being a bit sad that the Undertaker wasn't going to wrestle, but obviously now knowing what I know, I get it. Uh, and as soon as they said you got to put them both in, I remember laughing, going, "Well, then, you wouldn't fit Viscera in there, let alone Minion and Viscera, you silly beans." Yeah. This is the I think the first time Triple H has wrestled Midian since 1998 uh, or 97, maybe. Uh, oh, yeah, right, right. It might be 97, actually, when DX faced the Godwins. <laughs> so, Starcross lovers find each other once and again. Triple H and uh, Bisra both, what's tag Former partners? Former Kings of the Ring. Yeah, both Kings of the Ring and wrestled at Cyrus Series 95 to team up against Undertaker. So, I mean, are they, what's the, what's the expression? Super friends. T tunnel buddies? <laughs> tunnel no. buddies. I don't think that's correct, is it, Tom? Thunder buddies. Thunder buddies. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Moving on. So, yeah, also, it's like, obviously, Midian got rolled into the casket easily. Uh, and, uh, ah, Triple H was incapable of rolling Viscera in without the help of the Umpa Lumpers. <laughs> Backstage is a weird bit. Uh, Lillian asks Ivory, do you accept Lillian's challenge for a hardcore match and Unforgiven? And Ivory gives a Bret Hart response to this. Well, I'm going to fight you her know the best of my... <laughs> yeah, 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 actually. Well, I think Bill Goldberg shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame for any of my career. <laughs> That's a really good Bret Hart. I love doing it. Sometimes you got to completely wrong and sometimes it comes out right. So yeah, like, and just sometimes sound like you don't want to be there. I think that's part of the Bret Hart. Oh. Well, <laughs> you make that noise even though he doesn't do it. Like he's Under no circumstances will I fight my brother. <laughs> Yeet! <laughs> la, 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 Come here, la, la, Rowan! <laughs> yeah, she was very, like, Bret Hart-esque. I'm bringing class and I'm prestige. Defending. And I'm going to defend the women's title and Unforgiven. Luna Vashon, you're a heaven athlete. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. I like Ivory That's putting it. a little bit of a sparkle in the women's wrestling division. Yeah. Good effort. Yeah. Completely wasted, but God love her. You've had to build like, you've built a, a women's championship match in two segments. Hmm. Which we'll which we'll see play out at Unforgiven, which you can watch along with us next week. Uh, myself and Matthew will be doing a as opposed to an episode of SmackDown like this, we'll be offering a commentary track, a watch along of WWF Unforgiven nineteen ninety nine. That'll oh, be good. in the same place this time next week.
Yeah. Just FYI. Come join us. Matthew's excited. I'm excited. That'd be great. Get the cat excited. My day. <laughs> my God. My, my day will then be watching Unforgiven th- for three hours, doing a podcast, and we'll have hopefully have gotten up even earlier to watch AW and XT. I'm going to be <laughs> on my ass. We can, we'll do some admin and figure out a day if, if Thursday's not good. We'll no, figure I like out the idea of be coming in tidying us. Hey, you're with the podcast? No. Oh, God. I hate everything. Do you want a Midian? Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Next segment The Hollies. Uh, the he replay shows. He's my brother. Oh, he is heavy, Tom. I can <laughs> tell you. That's a gimmick. He's super heavyweight. That's better. That's better. The Raw replay shows. I remember this match. Uh, Big Boss Man versus Hardcore Holly. Hardcore Holly with a glass jar, which I assume wasn't a real bit of glass, right? Or whatever. Smashes it over Boss, uh, boss Man's face. This was a legit injury for Boss Man. He legit got uh, glass in his eye. Oh. And you see on the thing there, it swells up. It's still swollen this episode of SmackDown. He was hurting, uh, but Bossman, legendary in his tough, the toughness. Oh, he double tough was uh, Ray Trailer. Yeah. Connor had the line when he was uh, Bubba Rogers, and they were parking the car to go in the arena, and there was fans outside going, yeah, yeah, yeah. As we're getting out the car, um, Connor wasn't looking and just slammed the door on Rogers' fingers. And Roger didn't say anything. He just went, uh, Jim, can you, uh, you know, open the door, please? He goes, oh. oh, God, sorry about that, Bubba. He goes, all right, cool. And they walked in the arena after saying hello to the fans and then as soon as the door was shut I was like oh god that hurt so much <laughs> held it in wow so, he's a boy in he's, he's a boy double tough boy boss <laughs> Holly says he blinded boss man so Al Snow you're rushing him at Unforgiven but I think I should deserve a title shot uh, did I, you see any uh, we Al Snow actually agrees with that yeah out. and Michael Hayes busy putting over those damn dirty dogs, the Rottweilers. Did you see what they, those Rotties did to that dummy on Raw? And I said, oh, don't talk that way about Sting. Come on. <laughs> and we get a match that lasts about a minute and a half. Uh, we get the Harkaholic dropkick. Oh, love seeing him. Oh, as I see the, the best dropkick in the in the history. I, I still insist it's the best dropkick in wrestling. Because someone says Okada, and I'm like, I don't know that guy. Adam Max said, okay, am yeah. I a joke to you? Adam Maxted, who uh, wrestles around the UK scene quite a bit, does a very good drop kick. Mm. We're going to put Maxted over as a masterful drop kicker. Drop kicker, yes. Drop kicker. There's probably some others as well off the top of my head, but Hardcore is always in my head like yeah. that drop kick. That could be the finisher in the 80s. It really could have done, couldn't it? The Arn Anderson Spinebuster, the Hardcore drop kick. I'm going to hit you with the drop kick and I'm going to become the Mid Southern Territories <laughs> Open Weight <laughs> Champion. I'm going to hit you with a Canadian dropkick, Hardcore Holly. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Brett, during a chin- doing that. During a chin lock that Holly has on El Snow, we get a video backstage of Bossman antagonizing the dogs in a car. Oh, God. Hopefully the window is slightly open. Bossman the dog botherer. The dog bother. <laughs> God. <laughs> he's a, he's, he's also, obsessed with dogs. He's also a fire marshal. He's also... <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing? What's he drawing? He's drawing a dog. He's obsessed. Dog. He's obsessed with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke kills in seconds. Fire kills in minutes. Hey, <laughs> up. Man. No, no, be, up, be up in flames like this. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> he tells the dogs, Phoenix. I bet you taste like chicken too. <laughs> this powers up Al Snow at the fury of the dogs suffering insults. <laughs> That they clearly understand. They speak botherer uh, to escape the chin lock. However, sucks to be El Snow. Crash Holly interferes, and Holly wins with the Falcon Arrow. 
big boss man KOs like a holly with a chained fist, and as Hayes points out, is a dog chain. <laughs> oh, Just, of course it is. And as if they weren't hamming this up even more. Everything dog. He then forces dog food down the mouth of Al Snow. Oh, God. It's it's amazing. <laughs> this this whole thing is amazing. <laughs> Number four, the happening. boiler room. Triple H is led to this with... Uh, Tom Pritchard, I believe. Yes, Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom. Tom. We haven't played Who's That Referee this time. Oh, no, I think we've run into It's the same dude, so... Harvey Whippleman is, the, is a new addition. Yeah. This is a nice little cheesy segment they have. He goes, all right, all you got to do is escape. And he goes, all I have to do is escape her. He goes, yep, that's right. No, uh... Words, Matt. <laughs> all right, we'll give him a call. <laughs> <laughs> that was he great. Said, that was great, by the way. He said Noah. No, he said Noah. That's just how he... T- oh, God, Vince is going to go... Vince is going to go mental. <laughs> What if they bought Noah and he's like, what do you mean you've bought I Noah? I said Noah! Oh. <laughs> you, you, you bought a company? <laughs> you told us Noah! Noah! I said, oh, good point, well made. <laughs> if you missed that joke in the first part of the podcast. It was worth repeating. Tell you worth repeating. I'm annoyed I haven't done that on the video yet. By you, the time you've heard this, I probably have. UK TV Gold presents the Noah joke from Tom Campbell. <laughs> Okay, so he goes, oh, all right, then where's Mankind? Already in. What? No. Uh, oh, God, no. Damn it. <laughs> We're not stuck in a, no. we're stuck in a Japanese. And then Mankind's like, what do you mean Noah? I'm not an arc. <laughs> bit, bit of nice cheese here. Uh, lots more distraction for Mick Foley to hide the fact that he's knackered. Yeah, so. exactly. It's all plunder and, and fun in this yeah. match, isn't it? You know how, how everybody gets, oh, I say everybody, uh, OSW Review. Hello. Uh, <laughs> exactly, them ones. Sorry. Them ones. Happy days are here again. Um, you know how they get on the case of... It's mainly um, it's mainly OC who gets on the case of Lex Luger being a noisy wrestler. Uh, ah! Yeah! Oh. Foley! I did Foley's a noisy boy. Yeah. Foley's noisy when he wrestles. Well, that that was Cactus Jack. When he was mankind, it was even worse. You go, That's also the noise the Rottweilers saw when they saw the big boss man. But he's now sort of reverted to type, and now he's back to Cactus Jack's. I Dodger! I Dodger! I Dodger! Hadjaja. Yeah, good guy mankind is also the same as Hadjaja. Bag on mankind, squeal, squeal. He's got the vinegar strokes. <laughs> so lots of distraction here. And also the, obviously make it that it's being filmed by people backstage. So the camera cuts and it's one of a position and it's just like playing Resident Evil actually. Because it's like, I'll go for one room and it cuts to, like, not the exact same camera shot. It's like, oh, I'm over here now. If you watch for ages, you see Triple H running after Mick Foley. Foley goes the wrong way, so Triple H runs in a perfect circle to try and, <laughs> try and recalibrate where he is. Picks up some, and he's, and he's really badly hurt, so he picks up some herbs, mixes them, and eats them. No, he, <laughs> went, he went to do that, but it was empty because Roadhog had just been there. Hey! Ooh. He did some drugs. <laughs> Drug addiction, he so funny. He did some drugs. And this is good TV. Probably sucked for the live crowd. Ah. Uh-huh. But they're also yeah. getting four other, five other gimmick matches. Imagine the crowd sound like they were popping mm-hmm. in the in the arena. And the big move of this is a suplex on bolts and nails, and also concrete. Now the bolts and nails. Um, am I right in thinking that Triple H, like, beat mankind up, left him on the floor, went to get a bag of bolts and nails, and then just slipped over? <laughs> and spilt them everywhere? Or was there meant to be a drop toe hold there? Because it looked like Triple H just walked up to Foley and tripped over and just spilt them everywhere. I thought it was the thing where they go, like, to demonstrate how 
how dangerous those things are by slipping, but maybe I'm giving this credit. Know, did, w- did, it's did, way, he, way too much credit. Because normally if it's like a bag of tacks, they hold up the thumbtacks and then spill them out right, right, from right. there. But it just looked like Triple H just fell over and spilled them out. There might have been, it might have been like, oh, I'm so hurt. Uh. I was just like, it's a boiler room. You don't know what you're going to trip over. It's there might be a tool. There might be a, a janitor asleep. A boiler. A boiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why's someone picked up? Oh, my God, he's got the boiler over there. <laughs> it's the same way that there's never gloves in a glove box. You never see a boiler yeah. in the boiler room. Oh, that's pretty deep, actually. Jeez. Deep, man. You got me thinking. Uh, however, Mankind recovers. You got some nice camera in there. Triple H takes Socko to the mouth, the gullet. And then Mankind could leave, but he's that wacky Mick. So instead of that, he sets up Triple H for what would have been an absolutely insane elbow of this little platform. Absolutely nowhere he would have reached. Yeah. And like, it was, what were you thinking, mate? You were going to splat on the yeah. concrete. As, as Foley described in his ill-fated dive at WrestleMania 2000, who tried jumping off the apron, he said Captain Ahab had more spring in his step than him. <laughs> There's no way. However... He is knocked off the platform by a mystery person. And oh. the re- he falls like the reviews for 2K20 <laughs> through the table and plunder and hope for some safety mats. And Triple H escapes the Crystal Maze escape room. Congratulations, Triple H. He has now won two and lost two. So he has to beat The Rock in a Brahma Bull Rope match in order to get to Unforgiven. Still, we've got to keep on watching SmackDown, don't we? Exactly. We have to keep on keeping on. Mm. Oh, who pushed Mankind, though? Ooh. Who did push Mankind? <laughs> Was it the Denver Broncos? Officer Bob Brady. Officer Bob Brady. The British Bulldog. <laughs> oh, speaking of which. Oh, yes. British Bulldog walking backstage, sweating. <laughs> He's always got a sweat on. I mean, God almighty, I've seen a man sweat, but it, they usually had a match. He sweats through a jumper most of the yeah. time. <laughs> the jumper was white when he bought it. It's beige <laughs> now. And he's having a shout. What he's doing, as you said, look, don't tell. Exactly. He's telling, <laughs> not looking. Vince, Vince, where are I? I'm looking for Vince. I'm looking for Vince McMahon. <laughs> Vince. I'm walking. Look, <laughs> I'm he, sweating. Look, we all Cubs. love. We all love Bulldog in this country, right? Oh yeah. His promos. <laughs> he's just. He's he's quite the guy. He just sort of starts talking and just goes on a magical mystery tour. I'm going to start the sentence. I don't know where it's going to end. Because I'm bizarre. <laughs> oh, he's up. I'm looking for Vince. I need someone. I need someone to to wash me clothes in a high heat. Get a spell out. <laughs> anyway, from the serious. Why would Vince? <laughs> Oh, hell. What a weird, what a weird friendship, Vitsky. Wash me clothes. I keep telling you, Bulldog, I'm hmm. not the cleaner. Anyway, <laughs> we get the last ever appearance of Ken Shamrock. Cole still insisting this match has happened on pay-per-view. So I'm interested to see when exactly Ken left and how short the notice was. Yeah. Or they're going, you know what? We've changed so much about Unforgiven, we'll just lie. And hopefully this will be the only time that they, they sell a pay-per-view on a match that they know is definitely not happening. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. We're looking at you, WWF, from 20 years ago. Mm. Anyway, Chris Jericho comes out dressed in hockey gear, taking full advantage of the no DQ, because it's, uh, it's first blood. This is genius. So, yeah, genius. So, it's like Jimmy Hart coming out. And uh, oh, what did he do? Oh, a f- knight shining armor. Yeah. Gear. He had a hardcore match with uh, Norman Spiley that one time. There you go. There he you came go. out in full, in full armor. 
Makes sense. Jericho's could just put all hockey gear on, a helmet and padding. And yeah, if I was having a first blood match, that'd be how I'd do yeah. it. And it helps because the referee is Harvey Whippleman, who's a bit of a puck. So <laughs> Ken dominates. And it doesn't make a lot of sense, to be honest with you. Oh, uh, the, the bit that doesn't make any sense is Ken Shamrock uh, ramming Jericho's head into the steel post when Jericho's wearing a helmet. Yeah, plus the padding that Shamrock is hitting and Jericho is selling. I, I, I've i got nothing here, Tom. I've got oh. absolutely nothing here. Like both these guys, I think there was a bit of miscommunication Maybe here. Shamrock never got sacked. Maybe he just got told to go to the shop and come back with some tartan paint and he's still away. <laughs> He's still recovering from that party, him and Undertaker. He's still of an impact thinking it's SmackDown. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's a very slow. Moose is Curtis Hughes. Oh. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> what happened to you, Tom? It used to be me that had to have stuff edited out, and here you are, dog diddling. <laughs> the dog diddling, eyebrow raising, <laughs> blazing. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> that name is Tom, T-O-M, ha-ha. You, ha. Women are inferior, dogs are superior, Campbell. <laughs> the, the, the Rock is doing the trailblazing, eyebrow raising, dog diddling. And everyone goes, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> he just drops it in one day. Jabroni beating, oh, wow, pie eating, dog diddling, Percocet trail raising. Percocet eating. Paracetamol eating. Sorry, Bulldog. Bizarre. It's a sloppy match where I think they both had different ideas how this match was going. Yeah. So Until Mr. Hughes shows up. And boy, good job taking the what must have been, what, the fifth bump of his entire career in this match. <laughs> it looked like it was the first one he ever took. God, hell. Uh, Jericho beats him up with a hockey stick as Ken bleeds from the mouth. For the 50th time this year. He's good at that bleeding out of the mouth yeah. spot. I don't think he, he loved it. I just think he's got I don't think he's he's got internal bleeding. I think he's got gingivitis. <laughs> Cuz this is based on something that really happened. Um what, he bled from the mouth. Yeah, in FMW, they decided to have flyover for the big show, Ken Shamrock and Vader in a shoot rules unify stuff there, which on paper looks like, "Whoa, this is going to be awesome." Yeah. Except Ken somehow ended up getting internal bleeding for real from a few power bombs from Vader and couldn't do much after that oh. and li- literally bled from the mouth like legitimately oh jeez so they saw that and thought you know what we should do that every month you'll have at least one match that ends of you bleeding internally like you just there's nothing inside you <laughs> apart from blood and every month every once in a while someone squeezes out of you like a tube of toothpaste so eventually if he'd stayed in the company a bit longer somebody would have done like a splash onto him and you just would have seen <laughs> And sawdust yeah. coming out of Shamrock's mouth. It would have been like a performance seal. It would have been <laughs> a ball on the end of the, 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 the red mist. <laughs> oh. Run out of blood. And so they would use this to basically say, oh, you know what? Shamrock got beat up so badly that he can't be here for oh. the pay match and then was never seen again. Uh, surprisingly, has never had a comeback, never had a cameo or Hall of Fame yeah, appearance. Yeah, I find that really peculiar that Ken Shamrock is just forgotten about by the WWE. Especially when they've done this whole thing with Lesnar. Wow, the first guy to breach the barrier between uh, UFC and WWE and all this. And I was like, but Savin and, uh, yeah. and Shamrock were like, okay, thanks. Meanwhile, Ken Shamrock having a Lion's Den match, which is basically right. the octagon in a WWF environment. Yeah. And Seven literally showing up with the UFC Ultimate Ultimate title when he was the a champion that one time. I wonder whether there's, there's a reluctance to because they fear it might damage that credibility they've built 
around Brock Lesnar. Well, I think of UFC like, as well also see that as a completely different era. Mm. You know, the Shamrock 7 era when, you know, shots of the balls were legal. Like, I think it'd be great to see Ken Shamrock inducted into the Hall of Fame. I mean, like, his, King the, of the Ring. His, the way that he... he his, his run is there's there's still echoes of his impact today in oh tapping out tapping right. out yeah. which is you know that it sounds really daft how the idea of slapping the mat revolutionized submissions but it did it gave a physical indicator to the crowd when somebody submitted and i think that's powerful because now if you're trapped in a submission move in a in a in a make or break match when you see the guy who is being submissioned raise his arm up in a position where his hand is elevated above the canvas, like suddenly that's that is the equivalent of a two and a half. Mm. That's the equivalent of the ref getting to two. Like that's powerful. And Ken Shamrock yeah. was an instigator of that. The ankle lock. Yeah. Is everyone credits Kurt Angle and Jake Hager? Obviously, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hager. Yeah, no well, credits. Hager angle. got the double ankle yeah. lock. What? A, <laughs> what if I do it to both legs? It'll look awful, mate. Um, but yeah, but he was the one that brought in that. Yeah. He made, you know, he brought in that UFC feel. I feel like he should get some love. Ken Shamrock, hashtag Ken Shamrock for Hall of yeah. Fame. If not for the Vader match, which was amazing, and if not that, the the feud with The Rock, where The Rock would just antagonize him to the point where yeah. Shamrock would win and then keep on beating him up because he was just, I just want to beat so you up so angry. much. So the reverse decision, he'd lose. So great. Do you, know what would, do you know what would do it? Do you know what would do it and bring in Ken Shamrock into WWE? Right? Cody, offer Shamrock some money. Offer, <laughs> offer Ken Shamrock a big contract. The moment you do that, Ken Shamrock inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And you know what happened? Even though he's been on Impact the last few years, people go, he's returning to wrestling. Yeah, oh, that's it. And Impact's like, are we a joke to you? Yeah, yeah mate. First time in the WWE. First time <laughs> in wrestling. <laughs> all these years. Same way how on NXT this past week, Tegan Knox returned. And they built it as... She's back in a wrestling ring. Oh, her legs look like they're holding up all right in those knee braces. Great to see her finally back in a ring. Yeah, she's wrestled twice on NXT yeah. UK, mate. She's wrestled twice on your brand. That was so weird. How are we playing that, lads? I got to tell on this in a great Continuity year. don't matter. <laughs> but, okay, sorry to see you, Shamrock, but Bye, get out Shamrock. the way so we can enjoy the British Bulldog talking to Vincent Mann backstage. First Buddy time. Scott, say it, say it, say it. Say it. Where's my say? title shot? That's right. Where's my title shot? First time Bulldog demanded a title shot was on this day. His accent is all over the place. It is like a rumba. (laughs) It doesn't know where it's going, but it's making a mess. Because it goes Yorkshire and it goes somewhere else, and I have no idea how to do that. But he's he's Mancunian, isn't he? Yeah. Well, that's where it's hard to tell because he's been built from so many different places in England. I but Manchester is the one that sticks with people. Manchester, heard of it. I think Manchester's always. I think he's. I think he's generally Mancunian. I'm sure he's Mancunian. I don't I'm know. Sure After hearing this, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he's half Manchester, half someone else. It's a bit muddled. Like Tegan, like I heard Tegan Knox um, in a. Um, to go back to Tegan Knox, who's from Wales, mm-hmm. uh, in a in a build-up promo for her return to NXT UK, which did happen. No, it didn't. And 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 her accent now, I think, because she's been abroad for quite a while, or she was abroad for quite a while. Her accent seems quite muddled in the sense that you you hear a bit of beautiful welsh cadence but also you hear a bit of um, some americanisms creeping in right well i, I saw an american friend at the party and he was like oh you're are you from around here and i'm like yeah like, <laughs> you know something like, yes because i'm so used to talking to people who aren't from around here that it's it it this is the my easy for foreigners version of saying which is, is why sometimes on the podcast i'll just say something 
northeastian just for the sake of doing it so i remember who i am this is your this is your uh what's the word your transatlantic voice there we go yeah because the americans are like uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> can i interrupt you matthew what are you saying? Well, well, we, can't, I don't know. What, we are, man. Oh. Who's that? <laughs> Is he He's Japanese? a very small version of Tony Stark. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so pulled up with the title shop, and Vince was well. Apparently, Vince promised him one. Yeah. He you, got one. You promised I'll one of title, my... mate. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. He I want a proper one. You yeah. call that a title shot? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he goes, all right, well, if, if you if think you're ready, because I will, you'll take uh, Undertaker's place. Wow. And you're also the referee tonight. No, and Bulldog, that's how it's Bulldog, done. Bulldog was the one who said, you've done me a favour. I'll do you a favour. I'll be the referee in the Brahma Bullrock match. And Vince is like, yeah, sure, why not? Refs are on strike. Since the referees are on strike, there's now an enforcer. And it's the British Bulldog. <laughs> Stone Cold, the British Bulldog. Bulldog is now your ref. But Bulldog said, look, I'll do you a favour. And the, I think I wasn't being... Uh, uh, pernickety by pointing that out. That no, no, is no, no, a f- that is that that's a very important point. That it's Bulldog that says, "I want to be the ref in the main event." Again, it's great. I've done this shorthand, but as we've said previously, there's so much it's law so in this. So much. Like we don't we don't watch Raw, so therefore. Yeah, you just give me that easy. I can do that on a on yeah. a, a post-it note. So it's not even a case of we. It's it's like missing a month. Because we miss Raw. So, like, all the stuff for the week... Like, I'm pretty sure, if you look at this, I'm sure there's at least two different champions compared to the last week's episode. I'm sure there's been at least two title changes. Yes. And, and, and at least one heel turn or face turn. Entire titles on Raw, entire titles on SmackDown. There you go. Which outlaws are back together. <laughs> uh, 16 gimmicks, whatever... Get you Billy Gunn's now a face. Yeah. He was a tweener before. One week. One week, Tom. Yeah, it's been one, one week, week since we sat here. And also... Ah, I fell oh. over, Tom. Oh, sorry. I oh, thank you for catching I, me. I, I appreciate pulled, that. I pulled uh, this. Now, this time, Matthew didn't fall off his chair. It's, you, you did that on the YouTube channel. It was hilarious. Um, it wasn't even. Oh, I'm glad that people out that brought enjoyment to people, but I've like I've fallen way worse than that. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Oh, thanks for just my mouth. <laughs> and we have the main event, match number five in the Triple H series. And I thought, oh no, we have to listen to that crap theme again. It's a different theme, Bulldog has. I prefer the other theme. Oh, this is gash. This sounds, <laughs> this sounds like a PlayStation 1 started up. This is... This is a demo disc. This is not a demo disc. Anyway, Bulldog is... This, that's good. Bulldog is a special guest referee for Triple H versus The Rock in the Brahma Bull Rope match. Got out that right time. Thank you very much. Well and with a 10-foot rope, which looks huge to me for a, a match like this. I thought the whole thing was supposed to be close to them. They did this with uh, Rusev and Cena as well. Last time they did a rope match in WWE. The thing was massive. They could have been on either sides of the ring and it still would have been connected to them. I guess they want to still I guess they want to give them enough purchase to have a, a solid match as well. Ugh, presumably. Missing the point. <laughs> anyway, it's the main event crowd brawl. So they go out to the outside. Uh, some kid pats the rock on the back because security <laughs> uh, not expecting this. There's also one of those inflatable aliens in the crowd. Oh, that was cute. That was nice. That, that is the Pokemon Go of 99, <laughs> bleeding everywhere. And they brawl, they brawl, there's a steps bump, there's some brawling, some more brawling. There's not much action here to call, because don't worry, there's everything else happening. And Bulldog and Triple H get each other's faces. 
because it's 99, and yes, they probably could do a DQ in a Brahma Bull Rope match. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? In anything, I thought this would be The Rock's signature match in the same way that I thought I think the Cage was going to be the Y2 Jail. I thought this was going right. to be The Rock's signature match. I feel like it's a it's a staple of big main event wrestlers that you have your own Undertaker's got match. Barry Live Casket, Kane's got Inferno, Mankind's yeah. got... The Rock's got... Big Show Slam Challenge. Yeah, right. <laughs> See? Everyone's got their own one. Yeah. And it's also a rematch of Fully Loaded 99, but without the distraction of the bully gun singles push. So it's like, <laughs> okay, what's going to happen here? Uh, gets a DDT on the outside for two. Uh, Jeff Jarrett runs into KO China with the pan because there's a woman and he's like, <laughs> woman. Woman. That no, is... down, Jarrett. Calm, calm. Jarrett, get away from the main event. Get back. <laughs> get back. You're not allowed here. This is a special room. Women are mid-card and men are main event. <laughs> the following people are in the mid-card. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and the Rock gets the rock bottom on Triple H, but Bulldog nails him. Uh, um, maybe the Rock was supposed to bounce off or do the people's elbow first. Whatever, Bulldog's a professional. <laughs> and Bulldog hits him with the running power slam. Without leaving his feet, he is definitely in position to be in the pay-per-view main oh, event. He is in perfectly in good time. shape. Like Undertaker is knackered, he can't be in the main event. Let's replace him with somebody who's even more knackered. <laughs> yeah, God, really. what a time for wrestling this is! Yeah, all these pagged performers. So Triple H gets the pedigree, easy one, two, three. Makes literally no sense going into a six-pack challenge where it's every man for himself creating an alliance between two people why and i think that's that's brilliant that's that's ingenious by by triple h to align himself with with a dumb dumb like bulldog because <laughs> because it would as it would pan out um triple h promised bulldog a title match as it would pan out mm. so therefore triple h getting somebody in that match who's on his side Brilliant. Mm. It's genius. But, Triple H is a coward. He is like, like this. He's not a coward. He's a cerebral assassin. I know. I'm sorry. He thinks really well. He thinks well good. In the words of Jack the Jobber. He are well clever. So, yeah, yeah so he's got himself a, a, a somebody in his corner in that match. I think it's genius. Yeah. And we I mean, really needed something now that Bulldog has gone from Dog's body, literally with the Al Snow Big Boss Man feud, to the replacement for The Undertaker. <laughs> they should have put him on the poster doing The Undertaker's pose. Yeah. <laughs> that have shifted some seats. That have put some butts in the seats. <laughs> Honestly, Bulldog should have gone out and bought like a, a lottery ticket with the luck he's got there. So, oh. You know, we're just going to be in the mid-card throwing dogs around. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what, buddy? <laughs> Guess where you are, man. We're going to party like it's 1989. We're still doing <laughs> that. Is there still that lawsuit? The heart lawsuit still going on as well? That is exactly why Dave Boy Smith is yeah, here. Yeah, here he is in the main event. Uh, also, like Vince Mann's point at Europe going, huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, you remember him, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's doing all right. Wembley Stadium, 92, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's roll back the years. Yeah, he's exactly the same. The There's that match. <laughs> you can't remember what he's supposed to be doing. Brett, just I'm effed. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I knew you wanted to say it, but I mean, it's above our minds. It was, I'm glad that you said it the way you did. And he's barely on those episodes of Superstars as well, and someone was reviewing them going, Bulldog has had no build. And basically, Brett's book said, yeah, because he spent the summer just getting high with Nine Dog. <laughs> <laughs> the preparation for the biggest match of his career. Oh, God bless you, Davey boy. We're looking forward to your main oh. event next week. What a time. I'm looking forward to it. So that was SmackDown. That was the fifth episode of SmackDown. What an episode it was. Let's do the recap as we always do. 
What was something that you remembered from way back when? I remembered the the entire premise of like Triple H's no, twelve no. trials. Oh, you God. don't have the whole one. So uh, he's had uh, he's had the last uh, egg from the Haribo sweets. That would make no sense if you... Thank you, I'll have the last teddy bear. None of this makes sense if you don't know what Haribo is. Um, Who doesn't know what Haribo is? I know, some weird people. Uh, I remember the whole concept of the the the, the show, which is Triple yes. H, you're going to face everybody in their signature matches. And as I said at the beginning, I was bloody over the moon watching, knowing at the start of the show, oh my God, I'm getting an Inferno match mm. and a casket match and a Brahma bull rope match and all that is, and it chokes them challenges and a boiler and brawl and what is going on? Yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. yeah, I remember I was excited by that. How about you? What do you remember? I remember because I was such a big fan of them, uh Midian Viscera beating Triple H. <laughs> you were a Midian Viscera fanboy, weren't you? I, I was. Uh Viscera looked cool when you'd have that bleeding purple light on him. Um and Midian when he didn't rest when he dressed like this. Oh, it looks bad. Uh yeah, I just liked him. It's like the look of him. He looked like a smelly goth. And I knew them in real life. I'm like, yeah, representing. It's only two years later I realized how crap he was. But yeah, I remember that thing. Like, those two lads, not the Unholy Alliance. They're the minister. No, they never got a tag team name. They were the ministry. They were the ministry's dead. Viscera. They were, that was it. They were basically two guys from, a, from a college fraternity who, when they left college, still hung out together. That's yeah. essentially what they are. Yeah. Midian, they are just Midian and Viscera. Yeah. Then Look Howard Trinkle. Friends because of proximity. Yeah. yeah. The FP. The FBP. No, the that's not. The no, FBOP. They are the FBOP. <laughs> Midian and Viscera, from here on in, will be known as the FBOP. Please pass this on to Dennis Knight. No point telling Nelson Fraser he's dead. But the FBOP <laughs> are from what they'll be here on known as. What did you forget from this show? I hope to forget the, the, the M-pop. F-bop. Yeah. <laughs> I hope to forget F-bop. that straight away. We are the F-bop, hanging out together, being super friends. F-bop, dip-bop-dap-da, F-bop, dip-bop-dap-da. I forgot that Ken Shamrock left so abruptly. Yeah. It's such a weird thing if you watch a TV and it's like, well... Ken Shamrock will not be appearing this evening. There will be no encore. There will be. <laughs> Goodbye, Springfield. So that was weird because, you know, you expect people to have these great big exits. And you almost thought, wow, what a great way. They could have overdubbed this, I guess, if they knew in advance. Oh, my God. Ken, Ken's, Ken actually died from those. <laughs> wo- oh, my God, Hayes. How terrible is that? I must he, go. My planet needs me. <laughs> he bled so much that he actually doesn't fit the heavyweight criteria anymore. He'll be challenged for the light heavyweight title against Gilbert <laughs> in an armory near you soon. I mean, that would have been fine. Right. Or just a flash that said Ken Shamrock died on the way back to his home yeah. planet. <laughs> just before a break done. Jericho goes, uh, who, was I, who was I feuding with the last few weeks? And people are like, Craig Shamrock? Uh, who? I'm sure, I'm sure they do a promo for this match on the pay-per-view. They must do something. Because I seem to remember something. a promo where Jericho's going, Ken Scamrock. I'm sure they do a promo to build to a match. Right. And then on the night they go, what ain't happening? <laughs> I might be wrong. I may I may have a uh, But to replacement, here's Midian and Viscera. Oh, what a treat that would be. Oh. I um, Oh, Savio Vega with some barbed wire. As always. That's the best replacement. That, that's, that's always the go-to. Anyway. I uh, I forgot how noisy Mankind was when he wrestled. <laughs> I judge her! I judge her! I judge her! <laughs> what a great way of calling spots. All right, when I go, ha-da-da-da, that means give me a knee. 
Hadda means knee. Hadadada means arm drag. Hadadada means power bomb. Oh, I couldn't keep up. And Hadadada means go F your mother and cling on. (laughs) Next week at this exact time when you normally download the show, you will not hear a review of SmackDown. Instead, you will hear Matthew Gregg and myself watching WWF Unforgiven 1999. Magic the Gathering brings to you. (laughs) Undertaker's on the poster. He's bound to be there. I'm excited. He is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic. Don't forget to join us. I love you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. (laughs) 